brand safety, informed context, and tone. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. Brand safety is nothing new. It's the concept of keeping your brand away from content that you would feel would bring a negative association. Meal preparation companies don't want to advertise on podcasts about cannibalism. And I wrote an article about this topic called Brand Safety is Here, Let's Use It, which I'll link to in the description for the show. But are brands getting scared off from good advertising opportunities by bad algorithms and a lack of context? I talked to Mumal Sheikh, Senior Product Manager for Oracle Moat, who's an absolute expert on the topic and about what she feels the future of brand safety looks like. Thank you so much for joining me here, Mumal. Uh, we're going to talk today about brand safety. Uh, the article I wrote uh, a little while ago uh, was brand safety is here. Let's use it. And you and I have been talking about brand safety and contextualization and all the great things in advertising for a long time. We've been working together in, in different formats for a long time, mm -hmm. but you know, I want to highlight you here. You're from Oracle Moat. You're a senior product manager on a team that really digs into these features and you're pretty much an expert on it. And I think that what you can explain to the audience here and what we can go over can be a great extension because I think a lot of us in the space in podcasting um, are kind of brought up from podcasting and into advertising. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of other mediums, like what I'm realizing is that you could hire an advertiser in another medium and you could from digital display and then they can move over to digital video or programmatic is transferable between them. But podcasting is different. And a lot of these base things that we take for granted in other advertising channels are either a little bit more nuanced to get started or things that aren't common sense to a lot of the space. So Let's kick it off by, you know, brand safety. I'd love to hear like what you define brand safety as and like what's really important about it. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for having me. This is great. I love your newsletter. Thank you. It's so informative. And I think it's a really important part of educating the ecosystem overall. The good news is audio is evolving. So all the true education we can get out there and somebody to dig through all of the research and actually put stuff together in a digestible format. I think it's going to help the full ecosystem, like every player across the board. So I really I'm, appreciate that. I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, brand safety is definitely a very important one. I absolutely love audio and all things audio. And I know you and I have spoken about all, all things from podcast measurement, brand safety, the opportunities and the dangers of things with, within our ecosystem as well, which, which I think is always really interesting. So I think just starting off with what brand safety means, it's interesting because it's oftentimes just considered certain keywords that should be avoided and certain genres, and then you get full categories of things that are completely avoided. And what we tend to miss as not just an ecosystem of advertising, but more so a society is that when advertising does not fund these stories, when you have this short-sighted approach towards brand safety, just blocking keywords or refusing to run with 
publishers who might be telling, sure, thing, talking about things which are controversial, but really important stories to be told, you ultimately hurt journalism. So brand safety right now, I think, still has a lot of work that can be done and has to be a little bit more thoughtful. We're not quite there yet. And one comment I will make more about this, and we can, of course, keep continuing the conversation as well. But I think for display and video, we've we've definitely had some really neat innovations in the space as an industry. So we've done some really cool stuff, but there's no denying that certain things that we've done have actually hurt the consumer experience. And it's really created a trust deficit for online content, whether it's social media, whether it's reading articles. And right now in the podcasting space, there's almost like this loyalty and trust. And most publishers have moved into podcasting to be able to create that connection of trust with their audiences. So brand safety is a really important one because this is something we can control to make sure that we're protective of the medium and we don't end up ultimately hurting not only journalism, but also just the experience of listening to a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so in other mediums, do they, for brand safety, do they take, like they take the text on a page or they take the information that they know about the website and the domain and they make decisions based off of it? And mm-hmm. is that accurate how it works? Well, it's it's interesting. There's a few different ways and we do brand safety at Oracle Moat as well, but just to kind of keep it, a little bit more informative of just what's in the industry right now. There's definitely these keyword block lists that are going around where there's words like knife on there, which means that all your recipe pages could potentially get blocked as well. There's words like breast that gets classified as adult content, whereas that is so much mom content too. And your CBG brands, if you're not going to be serving around mom content, then you know, you're missing a key demographic for yourself. So there's definitely this level of just throwing out, it's, it's kind of comes from like a fear-based approach of like, oh my God, we can't have our ads running against any kind of content. So be more careful. But but I think there's there's a lot to be learned there. So one of the things that we focus in on, and just to kind of talk about this from the standpoint of why we care about it so much and why we're hopefully being a little bit more mindful about it is that you have to understand the context of the text. So not just was the keyword on the page, but how frequently did it show up on the page? What were the corresponding words? What other words were on the page that can truly tell you what the content is and the context is, as opposed to just did a specific word show up? One other thing that we've also heard of in the podcasting space is just doing brand safety based on the description of the Of the, the podcast. The yes, yep. the notes. And that's absurd too, because it's like, okay, so I could write these notes and say, like, this is a very brand safe podcast. And then I could talk about whatever I want. And there's no visibility into that. So yep. hopefully, the transcriptions of these podcasts and having a really strong algorithm to figure out context will not only provide advertisers with the tools they need, but also publishers with the ability to monetize in a much more effective way and not have content unfairly blocked or blacklisted or yeah and so so a lot of the tools are are based around text right like it's you can turn an image the text on an image into text you can take the text from a website you can take the audio from a video you can take the audio from streaming audio or podcasting you turn it into text and then all these tools what's great there is that equalizes it because that Mm -hmm. means that there doesn't have to be something unique built for each of them 
Now, granted, there's a visual component to some of them. An image could have like it could be like buy these apples and it could have something pretty vulgar visually on there. So there are other tools for that in video. But in general, what's cool about this is that podcasting by transcribing it puts it in the same classification, the same ability for this already mature technology to exist that exists to be applicable for podcasts like the podcast transcript, right? So the brand safety technology doesn't have to start from square one. That transcript can be fed into these same types of machines. But now we have two big things. One, you're saying keywords aren't enough, right? Just looking at keywords, you see breast one time on there and you decide that it's adult content, you're missing out on that entire mom category. Or even more so, you don't look at the entire sentence or the sentence before and after, and now you're missing out on context. And so what you're saying is that keywords are great and maybe keyword density is probably like the bare minimum. You probably shouldn't look for a word once and back out of it completely. But the next part is actual contextualization and not just calling keyword density contextualization, which is looking at that whole sentence, looking at how it's used and, and applying that. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And then it's also just the frequency with which it shows up. And there's so many things that inform the context. I think a starting point, sure, we can talk about like higher level genres and categories, but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier too, Brian, like completely avoiding news, that's dangerous for us. Or what happened when COVID started, no advertiser wanted to be surrounded around COVID content. And it's like, well, that's everything. There's no content. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, even in the podcast, at the yeah. start of podcast, I remember when I was at Megaphone, we got requests to like block that for their megaphone targeted marketplace. And it was hard to, to explain that, like, sure, we can read through the show notes, but the reality is, is any podcast that is talking about things day in, day out is going to say something about COVID because the world changed. Right. I mean, as we're recording this, we just had the insurrection at the White House and like yep. the attempted coup. And that's like that everything should be covering that. Even my joke podcast, even the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I listen to, if they're not making a comment about it, they're not real and relevant and they're not people relating Absolutely. to their unique audience. So you're super right. If we just look at that and we say, we don't want to be around any of that content, the most important thing we're doing is we're telling news organizations, hey, you can't monetize that. And if they can't monetize that, how do they fund more journalism like that? And we end up with a really skewed environment because only the people who want to push a specific narrative can afford to fund news absolutely because advertising isn't available so that's that's a that's a good thing to keep in mind right for advertisers yeah. that are listening to this that you can't just focus on the things you don't want to be around and make a blanket statement you really need to be pinpoint accurate on what you don't want to be around with it absolutely it's interesting because genres could be a good place to start as a very high level. So yes, the news genre does tend to have higher amounts of potentially controversial, potentially damaging content to your brand. But it goes back to that exactly, right? So when you want to reach a certain audience, people are going to be reading this kinds of content. You just have to be a lot more mindful and it can't be just like a spreadsheet without really thinking about it. You have to you have to really think about the impact that you can have on society and how society stays informed. So there's, of course, understanding the context, which is important. But then there's also beyond that understanding as an advertiser that certain stories need to be told, even if the context can be potentially, I don't even want to use the word damaging, but it's just like there could be some sort of brand equity relationship attached to it or something that could 
impact the way your brand is viewed, but those are certain risks that you have to take if you want to help sustain the ecosystem of journalism and storytelling and creative process. And I mentioned creative process because another thing I had learned earlier this year was genres of hip hop and rap being blocked by certain advertisers. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah. you might just be missing out no. on people who are at the gym trying to like, you know, amp themselves up or sometimes even early in the morning or before a meeting. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I think that one of the things you and I had talked about before was tone. Yeah. Right. And when I think about this, everybody in podcasting for brand safety is so focused on turning the spoken word into text and then running it through these processes that exist. And you can infer meaning and context in text, but are there tools out there right now for brand safety that take audio and actually can infer tone from the audio or from the video? So as far as I know, there's no good tools out there. I think there are some who are trying to build it. It's a complex problem. So when you think about sentiment and tone of voice and things like sarcasm, if I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I love something. And it's like, well, you know, on text, that means you truly do love something, but you can't really yep. infer that. At the moment, I, I would say that there's no good technology in the space that can truly capture that in an effective manner. And one of the things that we, I think, as an industry have to be mindful about, again, is to be very transparent about that. Because if there is a solution that's not working effectively and ends up penalizing the publisher space or the podcaster just based on inaccurate, misclassified information, that's again hurting that ecosystem and goes right back to the consumer. And we, it's kind of just a, a vicious cycle at that point. Yeah. And it, it sounds like we're at a point where we're really prepared for keyword brand safety to be on the chopping block. It yeah. sounds like people are starting to recognize how it was what we needed at the time. We've passed it, we're using it wrong, and we're hurting people that we need to positively benefit. So I'm actually really excited to see what you guys come up with, because I think that people are looking for a new standard yep. in a lot of these different things. And all you need is a little bit of buy-in and then a little bit of money behind it for campaigns <laughs> looking to use it. And then next thing you know, we stop moving away from these things that I don't think anybody truly really thinks they're working. It's just when mm -hmm. you delegate something so down to someone so junior and their job is to make that arrow go up and to the right, when it right. comes to that report they present to their boss's boss's boss, mm -hmm. it's it's really easy to just say, I don't want to be around COVID without realizing the the negative impact. Absolutely. And it's also interesting because when we think about brand safety, something else that we've been really focusing in on, especially for the podcasting space, is to shift that narrative from brand safety to brand suitability. So that same methodology that we're using to help identify, is this falling into these categories of the dirty dozen variety, for example, it's also understanding what are the other categories that show up. So this is helping unlock additional podcast inventory and encourage discovery and monetization of additional podcasts as well. And an example I like to use is for, let's say, an airline. From a brand safety standpoint, sure, you don't want to be surrounded around content that has to do with plane crashes, drunk pilots, lost baggage, flight delays, sure. But on the flip side, instead of just being able to serve in traditional travel category podcasts, what if we unlock inventory for you in the tech category podcast that is talking about the best gadgets to take with you on vacation or something to do with health or to do with mindfulness or 
finance. There's so many avenues that you can reach your audiences in much more creative ways. So having that ability to also unlock additional inventory through that contextual intelligence will, again, evolve that ecosystem and give other podcasts an opportunity to also be heard and have this connection with the brand, which is the positive impact for both players. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm more keen on contextual targeting than I am on brand safety Absolutely. because the, <laughs> yeah. I like the additive instead of the, the restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the truth of it. Sometimes we get a, with the carrot and the stick, we got to try and get the advertisers in here. And when we say, Hey, it's safe, we can block stuff. Sometimes that's what they need to hear to start. Yeah. But when we are able to pivot and say, Hey, let's, you know, let's focus on where you fit more than where you don't yeah. fit. Uh, I think that's where we really have a lot of success. Yeah. We've been talking to a lot of advertisers who seem really excited about that idea. And I think it also comes down to the fact, and I know I keep going back to this, but ultimately we're all consumers at the end of the day. We're all listening to podcasts. We love content of certain kinds. So there's also this understanding that there is a responsibility everyone has in the ecosystem to make this thing work. And in order to do that, they want to be able to continue that monetization of these stories and monetization of podcasts. But having that level of transparency, some level of control when things don't go right, but at the same time, also understanding that, yes, this is something we can move forward with in a more, as you mentioned, Brian, additive way instead of extremely restrictive, yeah. where the impact of that has been seen in a few different in many different ways before. So I think it's kind of like cyclical at this point, and hopefully we're headed towards a better part of how to think about brand safety and brand suitability. We're hopeful. Yeah, me too. And so, you know, I, I think that brand safety overall is going to go through a lot of improvements. Yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on what we're going to see in 2021 from brand safety in podcasting specifically? Yeah. So I think uh, in 2021, we are going to see the first few really effective ways of doing brand safety. I know there's a few vendors in the space who've already been trying to do it. And I'm sure their methodologies are great. And it's kind of a collaboration of the industry coming together and finding ways to improve, improve solutions. But hopefully I do expect there to be a little bit more of an enhancement in the methodology used to do contextual intelligence across podcasts. So that is going back to finding the context and going well beyond simple one-to-one -one match with keywords. That's going to be the first one to better understand the taxonomy of different publishers inventory then, of course, building out those solutions to be able to target in some way, doing it a little bit more effectively. I don't know if this will necessarily happen in 2021, but I would be so keen to see some sort of market research into societal trends based on the contextual intelligence across podcasting. So what are terms that we saw pop up in 2020 and during different times when we have a very large amount of podcasting files that we're ingesting and understanding? what does that translate to, to understand what was happening in society and how that impacted the stories that were being told at the time, what stories and what yeah. categories started talking about something else. I think we might be a little bit of a ways from that. So maybe the end of 2021, but it's definitely something the, the larger podcast players who own so much inventory or have the ability to provide that level of information, they could truly tap into there as well. So from a brand safety perspective, I, I'm thinking that's going to be the next step. And then evolution will continue towards better understanding sentiment 
and tone of voice? What is the AI methodology that can be used for that? We already actually have something that we've been, we already have it in place. We've been refining it right now, but also the different languages. There was this article. I think that's huge. Right? Yeah, I think we, uh, we've, podcasting is, if it's not North America or US, if it's not in English, people are not paying attention to it. I think that that is a big, big mistake. mistake. It's wild. And I think you covered this in one of your, one of your, you might've actually covered this about geo in one of your articles as well, where in India, they've been thinking about the entire podcasting ecosystem. And there's so many people listening to podcasts and the way they're doing yeah. it. And as you dig deeper, there's so many different languages. So another thing we've been thinking about, and we have been refining, I think we're in a really good spot right now, is not just the translation, but we've been working with linguistic teams locally to understand context as well. So certain terms or certain phrases that I use in, I'm originally from Pakistan, so if I use them in Urdu and then I translate them to English, they make no sense at all, right? So just understanding that context as well. And also understanding the cultural context around certain words like alcohol or, you know, like sex and, as a taboo word in certain categories and certain countries. Yeah. So it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. that I mean, I'm really excited about that. I guess related to that in, you know, the IAB has so many different things that they kind of enforce or they suggest and then you pay <laughs> to agree with their suggestions. One of the things that that's always interests me is they it's very narrow who they who they suggest mm -hmm. that to. So, is there any sort of framework from the IAB or from other, any other governing body that says this is how contextualization works, this is how brand safety works? Is there an agreed upon framework between all these companies, or is there a risk that you know? I believe Comscore is working with AdsWiz, and I'm very excited to mm -hmm. hear in the future who you guys are working with in the podcast space, but. Is there a framework that's going to come out that makes it a little bit easier for me as a publisher to try both Comscore and Oracle Moat? Or is it is it really just everybody's kind of an independent right now? You know, Brian, I feel like this is us and everything in our industry, right? Like that standardization and the true framework would be so helpful. But yeah, if we're being totally candid here, there's not really a specific, there's guidelines of like, this is how we should go about it, which I think is a great starting point, but there's, there's no, like, this is the only way to go about it right now, which in some aspects gotcha. is probably good. It allows for innovation and like stop stagnancy, but in, in like just standardizing your processes and workflows, sure. That can be a little frustrating. Yeah. Translating tra any data. I mean, even, even right now with IAB certification and podcasting, just because three partners are IAB certified doesn't mean the numbers are going to right. be the same. Doesn't mean when you transfer from one to the next, to the next, it's going yeah. to be the same. But I mean, general guidelines is good. It's a great starting yeah. point. It means that we can all agree on what the basis are and how to improve. And then there can be different competitive advantages. Yeah. But I think the the biggest thing is that, especially in podcasting, we have so little compared to other mm -hmm. spaces, but it's not a negative because we can do so much with it. And, uh, and I'm really excited, or truly am excited to see what you come up with. You're, you're a killer product manager and uh, what you're doing with Oracle Moat is gonna be really cool to see in podcasting. That's awesome, thank you. Um, there's actually, it, it's also interesting to think about that whole concept overall as well. Like, I think brand safety itself will have to evolve in certain ways, right? So when you have brand safety categories, you don't know what keywords are within that category. You don't know what, counts as adult content for one vendor versus another. And we've kind of seen this across the board outside of audio as well. We've seen this for display and video. And these are challenges 
that the industry has to come together and collaborate on. Maybe that's very like idealistic of me, but you know, that's, it's fine. <laughs> it's how we stay motivated. I'm, a, I'm all for it. <laughs> And I think I think this will be one of the areas that podcasting benefits yeah. from a more mature, organized solution yep. because you're already having these conversations for all the brand safety and all of the areas that you mm -hmm. cover. And podcasting, getting brand safety is going to benefit from all that work that's happening in other channels. Whereas a lot of parts of podcasting, not only is it new in podcasting, but so is the collaborative conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also, I don't know if you feel this, Brian, but there's definitely like a personality type for audio where there's there's this like yeah. this passion for it right like you you have almost yep. like this protective nature around audio like you want to take all the good things that you've managed to do for display and video but you also want to be very mindful to not fall into the same traps as you might have for display and video you know where yep. reading an article online means i have to x out of five different ads before i get to my content like you can't do that for audio and it's interesting too because audio is very um it's a very intimate platform, right? So it's it's finding ways to create that connection with your audience through through music. It can completely alter your emotional state and it can also totally alter your experience. An example we like to use is also when you're watching a horror movie. And if I turn off the sound or if I put some goofy music behind it, you're you're either going to be scared or you're not going to be scared. And the image can stay the same. The visuals are exactly the same, but that sound can completely impact how you're going to feel about it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, I saw I saw somebody recut like the shining yeah. <laughs> with like as like a sitcom. And I was like, wow, it it, it really is the background music yep. and how you frame certain shots. But this was this was so fantastic. I'm very happy uh, that you came on and I'm very happy to see, you know, Oracle Moat in the podcasting space more. So what I like to do for when I end off a podcast is I like to ask uh, my guests what their podcast of choice is right now. Ooh. What are you listening to right now that uh, that you want to share with my audience? Well, I'm a big fan of Hidden Brain. I think it's so fascinating. I love that podcast. So every new episode, I'm just like kind of waiting for it. And I love to listen to that. A few others that I've also been listening to when I want to just chill and like kind of you know, break away from everything that's happening in the world. This is an old one, but Two Dope Queens is hilarious. It's like the kind where you're walking on the street and you have to stop because you're laughing that hard. It's amazing. So those are two that I definitely listen to. And then, of course, dabbling in all the tech podcasts as well. There's so many good ones out there. It's really hard to choose. Brian, can I flip that question back at you? Oh, God. Uh <laughs> I would say I recently, I recently just started getting really into tech meme ride home. Mm. Um, I don't, I hadn't listened to it before, but it's a daily dose of tech and it's been really helpful because I've just had to start cutting different parts of my life out. Like the things like I, I just don't have the time to read all the tech news that's yep. not related to my work anymore, but, but it's super interesting hobby wise. That's been really good. I'm really liking Q codes from now. It's a new audio drama and has Brian Cox mm. in it, who uh, I love him as an actor and his voice like really pulls me into things. So I would say that those are, are my current like go-to right now. And uh, I, I yeah, love that. Yeah, Q codes uh, from now doesn't come out often enough. <laughs> yep. Yep. I guess but, the last one that I was pretty like, I just, I think I heard all of them as soon as they would come out was of course, Michelle Obama's podcast too. She's just so great. There's yeah. so many emotions going through each one of those episodes. I'm a fan. <laughs> those were pretty good. Yeah, those are great. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. And I hope to have you back on a future episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thank you so much. This is great. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Evo Terra to give you a minute long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks for listening to Sounds Profitable on your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you checking out my latest episode and hope you'll consider subscribing. Thanks to Mumal Sheikh for coming on to help expand on my article, Brand Safety is Here, Let's Use It. If you like what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High 5 RPG, and of course, you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.